When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode Monday morning, there's still two games to go in Double Gaming 36. We've got Leicester versus Liverpool on Monday evening, then it's Newcastle-Brighton on Tuesday before Double Gaming 37, which is a Double Gaming for four teams, Man City, Man United, Brighton and Chelsea. The deadline's at the usual time of 11am on Saturday this week. There will be another episode on Friday shortly after the pressers, so make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening for that one. On today's show, a quick look at how Gaming36 is going. Welcome five new members to the 59th Minute Club. There's a few interesting shout-outs as well, with a few players gunning for the hat-trick before the season is over. Highlight a few stats that caught my eye, update the watch list, answer questions from Twitter, and take a very early look at captaincy and potential transfers for the weekend. A quick review of Double Game Week 36 so far. Like most managers who had two free transfers and and those who own Solly March, I brought in McAllister and I sold Ollie Watkins to bring in Isak, who I gave the armband to. Wilson is winning the game week so far, but hopefully Isak will come back with a bang in midweek. Decided to play Trent over Estupinen and got lucky because Rashford didn't turn up. So 38 points, 17 to come from the bench from Estupinen, plus whatever else he gets against Newcastle. Looking at 55 points, which is a red arrow at the moment, 21k to 23k, but there is eight players to play, including captain, so hopefully that will be green by Wednesday. Shoutouts from the game week so far. A very warm welcome to five new members to the club. Always makes me happy when I see so many join in. Billy Gilmore from Brighton, Jorginho from Arsenal, and a triple substitution from Gary O'Neill at Bournemouth, possibly another listener to the podcast, along with Thomas Frank, Matthias Vina, Philip Billing, and Ryan Christie. Welcome, lads. I hope you enjoy the final two game weeks of the season with the others. A couple of interesting shout-outs as well. I'm always keeping a close eye to see if anyone can get a hat-trick of 59-minute appearances during a season. We had Milivojevic, was it last season or the season before? Haven't had it anyone since, but there's a few players. There's three players going into the final two game weeks on two appearances. We've got Mateus Cunha at Wolves, who almost got the hat-trick at the weekend. He's already got two, and he just about made it to 60 minutes. I think he's also got a 58 
in his locker this season as well. So he's probably the favourite to get there before the season is out. Granit Xhaka at Arsenal got his second 59th minute shout-out in the last four game weeks. So he's making a late dash for a hat-trick as well. And we've also got Mangala at Nottingham Forest. So keep an eye on those three players in particular over the next couple of game weeks. And as always, make sure you tag me in those tweets if you see the dreaded substitutions. A few stats now that caught my eye in Game Week 36 from having a look in the Fantasy Football Scout members area. Defenders, first of all. The Newcastle defenders continue to post good underlying numbers, but they blank every single game week. Another three chances created by Kieran Trippier, but no assists. And Fabian Scher, four goal attempts, three of them from inside the box, and no goals. So hopefully those two can get some points midweek, or at least Game Week 37, 38. Midfielder stats that jumped out. Bruno Fernandes, very impressive at Manchester United. Seven shots and five chances created. Good to see him get an assist in that one. Anthony, his teammate. So Anthony, the midfielder, not Anthony Martial, the striker. Anthony had six shots, four of them from inside the box. He always looks good on the eye. I like him for FPL because he's greedy, you know, takes a lot of shots, maybe sometimes when he shouldn't, but he could be a differential for the final few weeks. And if Rashford is going to miss out again, keep an eye out for news on that later in the week, I think Rashford to Anthony will be a very popular transfer for United's double game week. Raheem Sterling, back from the dead, FPL-wise, five shots, four shots in the box, two goals, again, another end-of-season possible differential. Chelsea's double game week is tricky, though. But if you're going for any Chelsea player, it's probably a punt on Sterling. Michael Elise at Crystal Palace. Eze was in the goals, but Elise's numbers were good again. Four shots and four chances created. I still like him as an option. Probably would go Eze over him, though, for those goals. And finally, among midfielders at Brentford, Johan Wissa, five shots in the box. So if it turns out that Tony will miss the final few games, he's got an injury, he's still got that ban lumen as well. So... If Tony does miss the last couple of games, Wissa, again, a possible differential with five shots in the box, also on the score sheet. And a few numbers from the forwards. Again, at Brentford, Mbumo, six shots, five inside the box. Again, another possible differential for those chasing. Callum Wilson, who I didn't buy, and now in hindsight wish I did, five shots in the box. So there could be more damage to come from him midweek. And Harry Kane, Always finds a way, no matter how late it is in the game. He had two big chances in that one. Obviously, one of them was a penalty, but he should have had a brace. Very good chance, which was saved. A watch list update now. Quite a few players removed as we get closer to the finish line. Lots of players kind of losing interest in them because it's just two games to go. And I'm not too keen on them. Jared Bowen at West Ham is gone. They've got other priorities at the moment with Europe. We've seen them bench at the weekend. Dwight McNeil is gone as well. Very good performance two game weeks back, but don't see myself buying any Everton players. Also removed Willock and Wilson from the watch list, not because I think they're bad options, but because I've already got triple Newcastle and I won't be doing any surgery to change that around. Willock and Wilson are still good picks, but there's no space for them in my squad. Remove Solanke as well. Again, just not looking at Bournemouth assets for the final few transfers of the season. And then quite a few injuries picked up in the midweek. So I've removed all of them as well because I don't want any doubts with my players coming in for these final games. Martinelli's gone. Zaha, 
Calvert-Lewin and Ivan Tony. So all four of those players have injury doubts hanging over them. Players added to the watch list ahead of the double game week. I think all of these are double game week options apart from one. So Manchester City obviously is the big question mark and quite a few questions on them. So I will cover that in, in the question section. But basically, league could be won before they play again if Arsenal don't get a result against Nottingham Forest which means possibly lots of rotation, game week 37, game week 38, which is not ideal. They're the best team in the league. We want FPL picks from them, but we want minutes from our players as well. So it's extremely difficult to decide what to do with Manchester City players for the final few weeks. But I have added quite a few of them to the watch list, and I probably will gamble on one or two of them, especially if Rashford's out. I might look there for a Man City midfielder punt. So Gundogan, the obvious one, back-to-back braces. I think he's going to be a very popular transfer in this week. Hopefully he can keep it going. If, for those of us who do buy him, or those people who do buy him, Foden's an option. Alvarez is a forward option. So I've already got the likes of Grealish and Mares on the watch list as well. So basically, De Bruyne is there also. Basically, every Manchester City attacker is on my mind for double game week 37. I like double attack more than double defence. It's quite hard to even predict which defenders are going to play. So I think I'm leaning towards double City attack if I buy a second City player to to go along with Haaland, who's already in my squad. Also added to the watch list this week, Anthony. At Manchester United. I'm not willing to go Anthony Martial because I've been burned too many times, but I do think he's fine as a differential as well if you're chasing. But I do like Anthony, the midfielder, more than the striker. Also, Raheem Sterling, who I mentioned, Chelsea's fixtures are not great, but again, on the score sheet, bit of confidence, could finish the season strongly. And finally, this is a personal pick. I've added Hyungman's son to the watch list because. As many of you know, my wife and I, we had a little boy back in March and we called him Sonny. And I've been tempted to get Hyungman's son ever since and captain him in, in, in a certain game week. So I'm possibly going to do it in game week 38 if I'm not too worried about my overall rank at that stage. I might get Hyungman's son in and captain him against Leeds just to kind of finish the season and mark Sonny's arrival into the world this year. And hopefully Hyungman's son can go big. Hasn't gone big too often this season, but it's a good fixture. The issue there is... It's cash, and I would probably need to sell Bruno Fernandes to get Youngman's son, and I probably would need to free up some cash with my transfer this week, so it's probably not going to happen for that reason, because I don't want it to dictate two game weeks worth of transfers. It would be fine if it was a straight swap from, I mean, it could go Salah to Son, final game week, that's an option, but again, it's going to be quite hard to sell Mo Salah. So that's one, I've just added him to the watch list just to keep in mind with my transfers this week, if I can make it work. I quite like the idea of doing that for the final game week, but again, Rank dependent, so we'll see how, how the rest of this game week goes as well. Because if there's a chance I can get to top 10k, I probably won't get Sun. But if I'm kind of fairly stable at 20k, 30k, you know, maybe I'll just do it for a bit of fun on the final day. So that is the watch list for game week 37. Question time now. Quite a few to begin with about Manchester City, as expected. Question from FPL Toilet Brush. That's a new one for me. Haven't seen that one before. Goes along with FPL Tin of Beans, is one of my favourite FPL Twitter accounts. With the league basically wrapped up for City, do we now need more than Haaland for the double, as there may be heavy rotation? Yeah, it certainly gives me slight pause now. I was looking at possibly getting Ederson this week for David Raya. 
But I don't even think Ederson's safe with the league, you know, basically wrapped up now. We could see Ortega get a game or two before the end of the season. He's already got one recently, so it's quite scary to buy any City players at the moment. That goes for the defenders as well. So Haaland, I still think you have him, you keep him. Still think he's a pretty good captaincy candidate, even though there's some rotation fears. So, yeah, I don't think we need triple City. Certainly don't think we need triple. You can gamble, and it's probably the best gamble you can take if you're trying to make up some ground, you're trying to make up some rank in the final few weeks. But you just got to be prepared that it might not pay off. But if you don't buy a ticket, you can't win the lottery. So I still think I will go there with my transfer this week. Just need to decide which player it's going to be. But I wouldn't be going out of your way to you know rip up your team to get to double city, triple city. Even single man city now might be okay. So yeah, don't need to stress over it as much as we thought we would. Question from C1975. Can we get your thoughts on Gundogan? For several matches now, he seems to be finding cracks in defences and has looked great. Yeah, Gundogan's always been quite a good FPL pick. There's usually been maybe three or four Man City picks that have been better, so he's kind of been overlooked. You know, he had a very good season. Was it last season or the season before where he went on a run of nine or ten games and he was absolutely essential? And he could be there again. Again, it's just how you feel about minutes. It's, it would be typical Pep Guardiola to to watch Gundogan have back-to-back braces and then frustrate FPL managers by, you know, limiting his minutes over the next couple of weeks. And yeah, I think this week what I'm going to be doing is, you know, trying to chew on what to do about City. Um, you know, can we go there or is it more sensible just to go for teams that still have something to play for, go for picks that you know will get 90 minutes, even if they only have single game weeks. Um, so yeah, players like Gundogan are, are very tricky because... It's the obvious move after back-to-back braces and the double game we coming up. But then, is there an opportunity for someone like a Foden or a Mares or a Grealish to come back into the picture and for them then to get the points for the for the final few? So, lots to chew on. And I think a lot of managers will go different directions when it comes to the Manchester City, the midfielders in particular. So, yeah, lots to think about this week. Basically, not sure how I feel just yet on a Gundogan transfer. Question from Jonathan Rudder. What about Salah out for De Bruyne? Will De Bruyne play both games once the Champions League semi-final is over? Quite hard to justify De Bruyne. I think it's kind of been the same for a couple of months. When he's very pricey and when there's cheaper Man City midfielders available, I think I prefer the cheaper ones. You can keep the likes of Salah. You can keep Kane if you have him. You can keep Bruno if you have him. It's quite hard to fit De Bruyne in alongside those players. De Bruyne could be a brilliant differential, but I don't really see myself going there. The... Liverpool fixtures for 37 and 38. It's Astonville at home, Southampton away. So that's good for Salah. So I don't really, especially that final day against Southampton, you don't really want to be without Salah for that one. So I would be inclined to keep Salah, swerve De Bruyne, and maybe get a cheaper City midfielder in one of your other positions. Question from Ishan Garg. Looking to bring in a Man City defender. Which defender should we bring in for the upcoming double game week? The million-dollar question all season, you know, who's the best City defender? I don't think there's ever been an answer since Cancelo left. Probably He probably w- wasn't even the best one while he was there. Didn't have a fantastic FPL season. In terms of minutes, for me, I still think Ruben Diaz, you know, he's probably got the most minutes in recent times. Six million in FPL. He's probably the one I would go for. But I still think I slightly favour going Ederson instead of a defender and getting two attackers. Maybe I'll just swerve... City defensively altogether. Elsewhere, Akanji at 5.1 million. He's got plenty of minutes as well. And you've also got John Stones. John Stones sat out the most recent Premier League game 
will probably play the Champions League. So obviously he's quite high in Pep's pecking order, but does the pecking order even matter once the league is wrapped up? So it's tricky, but if I was forced to buy a defender, I'd probably go Diaz. But you know, we might see players like Rico Lewis get you know lots of minutes towards the end of the season when the league is over. So maybe you know, gambling on a player like a Lewis over an Akanji, a Diaz or a Stones might be the way to go. So yeah, nightmare basically. I'm I'm already looking forward to the to the season being over so I can stop thinking about Pep and Manchester City assets. But yeah, I think Diaz, Diaz is probably the one I would go for. Moving away from Manchester City questions, questions from Ben Berger. Ben's making me hungry with that name. How many doublers are needed for game week 37? Ben's currently on six, including Rashford. Only have one City player, but I don't trust their rotation. So yeah, overall, this double game week, I don't think that we need to stress about it for a few reasons. I don't think you need Chelsea players because of the fixtures. One of Brighton's games is Manchester City. So it's not really a double game week when you play Manchester City. Manchester City could also rotate, so don't need to go gung-ho and getting their players. Manchester United is probably the most attractive because they're still playing for that Champions League place. They've got good fixtures, and they've also got a good fixture in 38 as well. Manchester United play Fulham at home. So I think you probably prioritise Manchester United players if you don't already have three of them. And obviously we need to wait to see what happens with Rashford, if we can keep him or we need to sell him. How many players, how many doublers do you need for Game Week 37? I would say you can probably get away with six or seven and this. You're probably going to have three United, a sprinkle and a Brighton. You're going to have Haaland. And again, I think you can you can definitely look at single Game Week players as well this week because of the, of the reasons mentioned. So yeah, again, don't stress about this one. Question from James. Is it time to drop Arsenal assets? James wonders if that result will have broken their spirit for the final few games. Yeah, always interesting to see how a team reacts when, you know, basically they lose a game and the title goes out of reach. Could there be rotation at Arsenal? I'm sure there could be. I'm sure there won't be until it's mathematically done and they can't win the league. But the fixtures are good. They've got Forest away and Wolves at home. I say the fixtures are good. You don't really want to be playing a team like Forest at the moment who are fighting for their lives. So maybe that's not a great fixture for Arsenal. Playing against a very hungry side. Game week 38 is better because it's Wolves who don't really have anything to play for. Would I drop my Arsenal picks if I had them? I probably would be open to doing it this week for double gaming assets. Even if it's to gamble on a Manchester City midfielder, I think it's fine. Obviously, you have Martinelli. You might need to lose him anyway. Sack has been quiet. You know, I said last week I still liked him as a differential, but I think that Brighton game kind of puts that to bed for me now. So yeah, I think I would be open to losing the Arsenal guys because not much to play for now and possible rotation as well. So yeah, probably would take a punt somewhere else. Question from Quinn Goodlove. Who are the best Manchester United defenders for this double game week? So I think the obvious one is Luke Shaw. Picked up three bonus points on my bench despite getting a yellow card. Always very impressive when a player gets three bonus despite a booking. Fixtures for United, Bournemouth away, Chelsea at home in the double. That's good. And then that home game against Fulham on the final day. So Luke Shaw is the first place you go if you're looking for a United defender. If you can't afford him or if you're looking for a second one, I think Lindelof at 4.1 should keep his place and looks very good value at the moment. Varane is back, but... It's kind of been the case all season that he can start a game, he can miss a game. You know, they kind of manage his fitness, so I probably wouldn't go there. Juan Bissaka has been getting a lot of game time, but, you know, Diego Dallo can come in at any point. So I think Luke Shaw, number one, Lindelof, number two, if you're looking for a Manchester United defensive pick. I do prefer 
double Manchester United attack though. So if Rashford's fit, Rashford and Bruno. If Rashford's not fit, you could go Bruno and Anthony. You could go Bruno and Anthony Martial. Outside shout for someone like Asensio or a Garnacho, but I think they'll probably share game time. So I do like Anthony more than those guys. Question from Scott Simpson. Simple question. Who are the best differentials for each position for the last two game weeks? Obviously, this is heavily focused on double game week picks. And like I said previously, I can't wait for next season when there's not as many double game weeks because I hate the way we're all kind of forced down this double game week rabbit hole and focus on just three or four teams each week for our transfers. So this week, if you're buying picks for the final three game weeks, makes sense to target players who could have three fixtures instead of two. And, you know, obviously Brighton fall into that category as well. David De Gea might sound crazy given his recent blunders, but... You know, most people will probably go Ederson. Some have Jason Steele from Brighton. Kep has lost his place now. So of the double game week teams, De Gea, as long as he doesn't lose his place for the final few games, I don't mind him as a differential because, like I said, the fixtures are okay. I've thrown in one single game weeker here just not to ignore them completely for the defensive pick because very few teams are keeping clean sheets. So you may as well just go for an attacking defender who could go big even if they don't keep a clean sheet. Pedro Porro. At Tottenham, who I mentioned recently, still like him as a possible differential defender. In midfield, obviously the best differential is going to be the Manchester Manchester City midfielder who goes big in the double. The question is, who is that player going to be? I'll let you try and figure that one out for yourself. Anthony at Manchester United, who I've mentioned. And up front, Alvarez at City or Martial at Manchester United. Next question is from FPL Regret. Hopefully we won't have that in game week 38. What about a one-ye from Nottingham Forest as a punt for the final two game weeks? We are like Gundogan. A one-ye has back-to-back braces. Forest have a lot to play for. He's only 5.6 million. And the fixtures for Forest are Arsenal. Could be a good time to play them. And then they finish the season with Crystal Palace away. So, I mean, on paper, fixtures are not fantastic. But I do like targeting teams with something to play for. A one-ye certainly upped his game as Forrest fight against relegation. Wouldn't stop anyone from doing that. Do quite like him as a differential. But it feels like one of those that maybe the points are gone. You're kind of chasing them, but hopefully not. Hopefully you can get a few more before the season is over. I like him if you're, you know, if you're if you need cash for a big midfielder, you know, someone like a Salah or a Bruno, and you're downgrading a striker, absolutely fine to go a one ye. Final question this week is a free hit question from George Butters. I've kept my free hit for 37. What players are essential? And what are the best one-week differential punts? So if I was building a free-hit squad, I mean, I had a very quick look at this, but you're going to be building around Haaland, Bruno, Luke Shaw. You're still going to have Brighton players, even though they play Man City in one of the games, because it's Southampton at home in the first one. You probably want double or triple Brighton for that. Still the usual suspects for me, Matoma, McAllister, and Estupinen. You could go outside the box for an Enciso or a Ferguson or something like that. But I do like the usual three suspects. Uh, Newcastle have a good fixture in 37 at home to Leicester. You go Wilson or Isak, depending on which of them look good midweek. Harry Kane, always a good pick for a free hit at home to Brentford. Scores almost every game week. Trent and Salah would probably still be in there for me as well at home to Aston Villa. And then differentials, probably the few that I mentioned earlier. You could go De Gea, Raheem Sterling, Anthony, Anthony Martial... And then obviously Manchester City, 
is going to make up quite a bit of your free hit squad, but it's going to be tricky deciding which of those players to go for. Questions are done. Moving on now to captaincy and transfers. Quick look at this. Again, it's probably got to be a double game week captain, as is often the case. Chelsea double is City and United, so I don't like captaincy there. One of Brighton's fixtures is Man City, so not keen on captaincy there either. I think the main candidates for me are Haaland, even if he only starts one game. You know, if he starts the home game against Chelsea, if they wrap up the league in that one, it could be a big win. Then it's Brighton, you're just hoping he gets some kind of minutes in that one, but he could start both, you never know. And then Manchester United is where you get your guaranteed minutes from. You get Bruno Fernandes against Bournemouth away and Chelsea at home, which I quite like as well. So I've got the Ironman on Haaland in my team at the moment. I've got the vice-captaincy on Bruno. So it's going to be one of those two, and it could flip to Bruno by the weekend. Uh, all depends on Rashford's fitness as well, because obviously he's a good captaincy candidate if we get clear-cut news that he's going to be okay. But at the moment, Bruno versus Haaland. In terms of transfers, I've got one free. Obviously, I'll wait and see what happens with the midweek fixtures and if anything crops up by Friday. My plan this week was to go Raya to Ederson to get that double game week Manchester City defensive asset. I do have slight concerns over Ortega getting some game time now if the league is wrapped up very soon. Do I go for a defender instead? Do I go for a Diaz? Do I gamble on a Rico Lewis or something like that? And obviously if Rashford's out, I'll probably use the free transfer on a midfielder and it probably will be a Manchester City midfielder punt on a Gundogan, a Grealish or a Mares. Can't afford De Bruyne. Might actually not be able to afford Gundogan soon. So it might have to be a Grealish or a Mares. Quite open to a minus four this week. I might just go ahead and gamble. I might get Ederson and then take the minus four for the City midfielder by selling Rashford if he is ruled out again. So quite open-minded, but very much Manchester City focused when it comes to transfers this week. We'll come back to that on Friday's episode. Hopefully I'll be more definitive by then. Thanks for listening, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. Enjoy the action midweek. If you'd like to support me as a full-time FPL content creator and get extra podcasts this week, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Best of luck for the midweek action, and I'll talk to you again on Friday after the pressers to preview Game Week 37 in more detail. Have a good one. Sports Social Podcast Network.